Hey, this is Johnny Jett, and this is my 39 travel questions. And today we have Kelly Edwards, who is called one of the most powerful women in travel by Condonast Travel Magazine. I am one of those people who agree with that. She's also an award-winning travel expert, journalist, television host, and she is a licensed pilot. Yes. And an advanced open water scuba diver. And she hosted a show called uh, Mysterious Islands on the Travel Channel. So yes. Kelly, welcome to my show. You might not get as many people watching it as the Travel Channel or the other or your other networks, but anyway, welcome. And I, I can't wait to hear about your fascinating story. So where'd you grow up? I'm originally from the south side of Chicago and also grew up in San Bernardino, California, two places that um, I didn't have an immediate exposure to travel or adventure, just to be completely honest with you. But um, those are the foundation of who I am and what makes my experiences in the world that much more unique. Yeah. So, and where did, where do you live now? I live in Los Angeles, California. That's right. I knew that, but I just didn't want to, I, you know, I gotta pretend I don't know. LA, LAX. And you went to school in LA too? Yeah, I went to Cal State Fullerton out in Orange County, majored in broadcast journalism, and uh, chose to use that degree in the world of travel journalism. So wh what made you get into travel? I mean, what, what was your first travel experience? Well, as far as I can remember back um, as a young child, it was coming from Chicago to California for the first time and actually leaving the city of Chicago and seeing mountains on the, for the first time. Did you um, drive or fly? I took the Greyhound bus with my mother. Wow. We took the Greyhound bus. It took us about three days to get from Chicago to California. And I remember seeing dinosaurs, for, I mean, mountains for the first time and saying, mom, are those buried brontosauruses? Cause I had no idea what they were. And so that was my first road trip per se, but I came to California and we stayed. And when my mom married my stepdad, he introduced us to the world of road trips because we couldn't afford to get on a plane and go anywhere. Um, so my dad is a truck driver by trade. So he loves the road. We would hit PCH and drive up to Hearst Castle. Um, we would take lots of uh, camping trips. We would drive up to Big Bear. Um, San Simeon, anywhere that the car could take us, that was what uh, my dad exposed me to in the world of travel. And so as I got older, um, specifically after I graduated college, I wanted to see more of the world. Um, I was introduced to the great outdoors and, and travel on a domestic level, and I just wanted to interact with cultures other than what I was familiar with and what I grew up with. And so I decided to venture out. <laughs> So how old were you on that uh, bus ride? I believe at the time I was maybe six. Okay, so you're young. And what was the first time you were on a plane? Oh my gosh, the first time I was on an airplane, unfortunately, was to go to my grandmother's funeral at, I believe, 13. Okay, and yeah. what made you want to become a pilot? Oh my. Well, the nitty gritty of that is, that you know, travel television is overwhelmingly dominated by white travel males. No offense, Johnny. <laughs> I, listen, I was just told my wife yesterday. I was like, you know, I'm a middle-aged white man. I mean, 
Yeah. So when I had the ultimate goal of wanting to have a television show on Travel Channel, and when I looked at the network and I looked at the Discovery Channels, the Net Geos, um, all of these platforms that had travel hosts, I noticed that everyone got on a plane to go somewhere, but no one was flying themselves to get there. And I said, if I wanted to have the opportunity to get the attention of any of these networks, I should up the ante and I should get my pilot's license, learn how to fly myself to my own destinations. And I have a feeling they'll be curious. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I first met with Travel Channel in 2013 and I had a three minute pitch meeting with them. It was for like a, like a, a dating situation at um, a conference called Real Screen. And in that three minutes, I had a one minute reel and then a 30 minute second um, elevator pitch. So I was done in a minute and a half. And I remember sitting with the VP of development and the um, VP of programming and they said, wow, we've never seen anyone like you and we sure don't have anyone like you on our network. And so I was like, oh, I'm walking out of here with a television show. Uh, and they let me know, well, you know, we don't shoot our own content, right? Like we buy shows from production companies. So connect with them and you know, we obviously really like you and these are the people that we worked with and look at the shows that you like and see uh, who you can try to connect with. But then the other roadblock came was most production companies have right on their website. We don't accept unsolicited pitches. But what I did, Ridiculous. I sent my pitch in my reel anyways, because Good. I someone clicked on this YouTube video and they saw this young woman flying airplanes, scuba diving, climbing mountains, shipwreck dives, they're gonna be curious, and it worked. So fast forward, um, I think one of the most appealing things about my brand is the fact that I am a pilot and that I, you know, I don't have to use um, a paved runway. I can land on a dirt strip, and I recently got my seaplane rating um, in September of 2019, so now I'm licensed to also land on the water. So the aviation portion of travel is significant. Um, and I wanted to be able to have control of that myself. Well, that's insane that you got your pilot's license to be, to get a travel show and, and it worked. I mean, that's a story in itself right there. And so how long did it take to get the pilot's license, by the way? So it took me about 10 months. And the reason why that so in order to get your private pilot's license, it's by hours. So it's a minimum of, six, uh, of 40 hours, but the national average is around 65. Counter that with, I'm a traveler. So I would travel around the world, take a lesson, come back and forget what I learned. And so it took me longer with the 10 months to get the license that I had anticipated. And so what I realized is that I guess I might have to sit still for a month or two so I can wrap this up. And once I did that, I was done in a month and a half. So two months, but a good month and a half, two months of really focusing and just flying, flying, flying consistently. This would have been a good time to do it during the quarantine. This, today's June 11th, 2020, in case you're watching in the future. And um, we've been, most of us have been home for months. And I assume you've been. How are you doing with the quarantine? You know, I'm actually doing fine because I can still go to Van Nuys Airport, Santa Monica Airport, Burbank Airport, rent an airplane, and be out. Um, I also am an avid outdoors woman. So, I can go to trails 
which I have been doing that are not frequented. I'm, you're not going to find me at Runyon Canyon in Los Angeles where it's super crowded. You'll find me in more uncomfortable off the grid. What was that in the bushes that just moved type of places. And so I, with quarantine, it's allowed me to be home and explore more of my own city and my own backyard. Um, but I haven't necessarily been stuck because my social distancing has been from the sky and in the great outdoors for a very long time. Right. And by the way, is it expensive to rent a plane? And how is it by the hour, I assume? Yes, it's by the hour. And so actually it's by something called a tachometer, which is equivalent in a car to an odometer. Um, it, it goes, it, it turns as you're flying. And so they calculate that it's almost per hour. So it comes out, it just depends on what type of aircraft you are renting. Anywhere from $125 an hour all the way up to $275 an hour, just depending on what you are, um, what kind of need for speed or equipment that you're looking to uh, fly in aircraft wise. Can you drop, can you just do like a one way rental? No, no drop off. You fly it, there, you fly it back. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, you do it one way, it'd be way cheaper than. Um... Yeah, no. And that's what everyone's like. Well, um, can you fly us across the country? I'm like, okay, so I'm if I fly the Cessna, you know, we we don't fly like a commercial airliner. We're gonna be on a sky trip <laughs> per se. It's gonna have some, some some gas stops in the middle. It's gonna take us a few days to get out there. So. Um, I really like it though. I have this place that I really love to fly to called San Inez, which is um, by Solding um, in Santa Barbara area. And you you fly in when you're coming to land right in over this lake and you have to do something called S turns, um, literally making an S over the runway to clear any animals that may be on the runway before you can land. And it's not a towered um, airport. So it's really just like, you're just out there off-grid doing your own thing you can park the plane you can you know maybe rent a car in the area or and go right into Solvang and it's just so beautiful surrounded by mountains and and a lake right when you when you pull in and when you can you fly internationally or, or do you rent the planes when you're internationally exactly so what I do because I have um, my license is based in the United States. I can find any airplane that has an N model tail number anywhere around the world that I'm licensed to fly and take that up. And that's what I've done. So I've flown in um, South America. I've flown in the Caribbean. I've flown in Europe. I've flown in the Aleutian chain in Alaska, plenty of places in the States. Um, I also have flown in Indonesia. Um, yeah. So oh. what does the N mean? I, I always see the N. Oh. North America? It just stands for, yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. It stands for North America. And so that number means that that aircraft is licensed to that country. And that's what it means. So people fly the plane from the U.S. to Indonesia, making tons of stops, I assume. And then you can fly that plane, but you can't fly a plane that's registered in Indonesia. Yeah, unless you have, um, that's, uh, so we are guided by the FAA here. Right. And other places it's called like the JAA, which I can't think of the um, what the J stands for, but it's like their um, governing um, gotcha. in that spec in that space. So yeah, I've definitely always myself. Anytime I'm shooting anything, anytime I'm just traveling, um, who's got the in model aircraft? You know, you might have to call around a few places, but you'd be surprised how many there are in the world. I mean, I flew down in um, Australia along the Kimberley coastline and landed on a dirt strip and was able to find find one there. That's awesome. And you know, I'm just fascinated about this these these planes. You're flying the Cessna. Is it 172? What is it? 
Yeah, I fly a Cessna 172, a 152, a Piper Cherokee, uh, a Piper Arrow. I fly an Icon A5, which is an amphibious aircraft. And uh, I think that was, oh, I have a few hours on a Cirrus. And there's another one that I just can't think. I, I think I can fly about four, four or five planes. And do you have any desire to fly commercial planes, jets? You know what? The thing about GA, which is general aviation, we fly for the adventure and the love of it, right? I think for commercial, airline is more of a transportation realm, which I'm not interested in. I want to take myself, a couple of buddies, and we just go and wild out. We'll just figure it out. We'll just go to some uncharted place or even a place that's well known and have an adventure versus just like, okay, thanks guys, you know, standing at the front of the cockpit and waving everyone off. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of commercial pilots. I have mentors that have been flying all of my life and they get back in, in a smaller plane and they're like, oh my gosh, I forgot what this feels like. And they even say, like, it's something really special about general aviation. So I don't have a desire to necessarily go commercial. My adventures are fun. You're way more adventurous than I am. And, you know, I've always been afraid of small planes. I've been in multiple, uh, but one of my best experiences and one of my worst experiences was in a small plane. I just do not like it when we hit the, the turbulence. I mean, it really bumps. In Fiji one time I was in a small plane. I literally thought we were going to die. There was an alarm went off. I went, you know, when we landed, I didn't only kiss the ground. I made out with it. <laughs> and then, but one of my best experiences was in Australia. I was on, I was in a remote part of Australia, kind of, not that remote, but we were going to Fraser Island and, and it's an island. And I was like, can't we take a boat? And they're like, nope. The guy's here. He looked like Luke Wilson. My wife's like, Ooh. And I was like, I was like, I'm not getting on this plane. First of all, it's small and it has duct tape all over it. I'm talking everywhere. But it was one of the best experiences. We landed on the beach and um, we saw whales. But anyway, have you had any bad experiences uh, flying? Actually, I've had a few. Um, but before I get into that, I'll say I've flown in Fiji. And actually, I flew to y the Yasawa Islands. And we landed because I was staying at um, a resort there. But when we were flying out, the pilot found out I was a pilot. And the passengers behind us, they didn't know that I was flying for half the leg back. <laughs> wow. Oh, but was it bumpy? Yes, it, you know, over the ocean, it's always gnarly. Is it because I think we were over the mountains in this part? I, I can't, I can't remember, but I thought it was because we were over the mountains. Yeah, turbulence is something else. Um, oftentimes, turbulence happens when warm and cool air meet, and that's when it gets like a cracker jack box. <laughs> Shake it on up. Um, but the situations that I've had in the plane, yes, I have lost avionics which is how i communicate between myself the tower myself and other airplanes um right on takeoff meaning i had to enact an emergency procedure because i couldn't communicate with the tower and rocked my wings like this as i'm taking off which so they know so they know no what happens is they they it's like an sos first of all they'll make sure that no one else is able to land in that moment they'll tell them to you know fly further down the flight path or or circle and then they'll light it's like the the light at the top it does like a, a morse code and so it's like green red letting you know when you can land and so what was crazy about that i had literally tricked at the time my boyfriend to go flying with me i said let's go to lunch and he said okay so i pick him up and we drive to the airport and he said you said we were going to lunch and i said yeah we are i'm gonna fly us there and so here i am in the plane first time First time with him, 
and that happens emergency procedure and so time i didn't say anything to him because i you know as a pilot we're not only flying we have to be the nurse we're the weatherman um the doctor on board it's so much responsibility and i don't want to freak him out while i'm trying to operate this plane and get it back on the ground and so when we landed he says we just took off this is amazing why did we land already i said well what happened was and he goes oh my i had no idea and he was just like wow you're a pretty damn good pilot you know i run against a lot of guys who are like i don't know you're kind of small to be flying this plane and your girl and it's like i have to go through an emergency procedure for them to know that i know what i'm doing wow. um I also had one more that I'll let you know about. Well, has he gone up with you since then, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Because I guess that was the test. It's like, oh, I guess she knows what she's doing. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. That's good. Um, one time, and this was on one of my first cross-country trips. A cross-country trip for a pilot is when you have to travel farther than 50 nautical miles and make 50? Three, 50 nautical miles. Like, each stop has to be okay. spread out. Um, and so... I was in the plane for the first time by myself. I had to stop at three airports that day. And on the way back, there is a rule. If you see another plane and it doesn't look like it's moving, even though we're both clearly moving, it means you're on the exact same flight path. Like me and you are staring at each other, but we're both moving. If we're not here or there, that means we're coming right for each other. So what happened to be on my flight path was two F-16 fighter jets. I call the tower because Cessna 5928 Camarillo Tower, I have two F-16s on my flight path. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm a, I'm a baby pilot. I'm not even licensed yet. I'm doing my work to get there. So are you with an instructor? By myself. It's a solo cross-country flight. I'm freaking out inside because my little Cessna cannot go above. It cannot climb quick enough to go above an F-16. And if I try to go below, the wake turbulence from their engines can smack my plane out of the sky like a fly. And so all of a sudden I call and you see the two F-16s break off like this. So why, why were they there? Were they, did they, they, were, they were up to no good? And they didn't see my, they didn't see my little plane. They weren't paying. It was just one of those things where there was a, the, I wasn't supposed I had just taken off from Camarillo Airport. I wasn't supposed to be given the clearance to take off. So what happened is I told my instructor when I got back and he was so livid and called and come to find out, I think that, 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 um, air traffic controlman was well. And so was I, we were both two training people in the situation. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This is, not this, is, this is not helping my small plane fear, by the way. Well, here's the thing. I'm still here. We, listen, I think that, you know, small aircrafts are so amazing because you're not 30,000 feet in the air. You can actually see so many more things, which is a gift in itself, you know, to be able to. My very first flight, I got sick, you know, from the G-forces. I'm used to pressurization and commercial aircrafts. But to see the ocean, to fly over my house, to see the mountains, the desert, at that, it's beautiful. So for me, it was worth it. Um, so I encourage you, don't give up on us, John. I, 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 will, I mean, I just, it doesn't matter who the pilot is. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, but you are African-American in case you're listening to the podcast and not many, there's not many female 
pilots, first of all, definitely not a lot of female African-American pilots. So, I mean, do you encounter racism at all when you're traveling and how, and how does that work? So for me, for I'll just give some stats, less than 5% of pilots are black, less than 3% um, are or almost 2% are African-American. There are only 150 licensed pilots of black women, period, of all pilots, whatever. How many, 150? 150 and less. Yeah. In the U.S.? Yes. Wow. Yes. So I'm, uh, if there's a small number, make the number 10, 20 times smaller, because that's where I, I fit in. But what's been interesting for me as a pilot is to go places, to pick up an airplane, and the blatant wow like you're you're kelly edwards who called me over the phone you're the you're the pilot okay um and it taking a good 10 minutes for them to wrap their head around it wow. and what i just because you're black oh for sure Not because you're a woman no it's definitely i've had people ask me are you lost i went to a pilot meeting okay I went, I got an email about a pilot's meeting. I went to the pilot meeting because I wanted to join the club. And when I walked in the room, the person who was a moderator stopped talking and said, hi, are you lost? Are you looking for something? I said, no, I'm here for the pilot's meeting. I'm a pilot. Like I, I can't be at the right place. How do you walk on an, to an airport, know where you're going, walk down the hall and into the room at, at an airport without knowing where you're specifically going to be? That's insane. Yeah. But the, the other side of that that was interesting was after that meeting was over, I had so many people come up to me and say, this is my first time meeting a young black pilot, a young black female pilot at that. And, hey, I have an aircraft. You know, if you ever want to go up in it, I'd be happy to take you. Or, you know, what do you fly? Um, you know, if you gas it up, you know, you can take it out, which I thought was great because people in the aviation industry realize that there is a huge disparity um, as far as having minority pilots, period. And so the fact that there were people in that room who wanted to reach out and do better was very much appreciated. But I can say that, you know, even when I was shooting Mysterious Islands and we had a lot of airplane scenes, I was shooting at an airport where I was going to go do a flight scene. Mind you, I have an entire crew network execs there and I'm walking towards the left seat which is where the captain sits and the airport manager asks my director why is she walking to that side and my director says because she's the pilot this is her show and he was shocked I'm not an actress I'm not just we're, we're here because we're filming a television show and you see a whole crew of people and the fact that I'm walking to an airplane and going into the side that I should be so I can turn that puppy on and take off. You question that, that I'm the pilot and I was in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. So, but here's the thing. I, I, I use things like that to fuel me. I choose to be the representation that I want to see. I choose to be the representation that other people need to see. You know, I have summited mountains. I've been, I remember my very first summit, getting my gear together and people looking at me like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I will see you at base camp. Is that, is that in the U.S. or is that internationally? Yes. Right here so in the U.S. Is most of the racism that you encounter in the U.S. or, do you, is it, or do you get a lot internationally as well? 
I, I think most of it is here, to be honest with you. Um, when I travel around the world, oftentimes, like, I feel like because I do a lot of adventure travel and it's more remote, I'm probably the black, first black person that they've encountered, seen, or ever been able to interact with. And that's just the truth. And so it's been more of a curiosity. And also, you know, as a travel journalist, they're used to seeing a lot of white travel journalists come to them and, you know, cover these different topics. So when they see me, they're like, oh, wow, like, we didn't even know that there were other, you know, minority travel journalists out there. And honestly, I feel like because a lot of these cultures, you know, are not unnecessarily, you know, white, they feel more comfortable with talking with another person of color per se. And I feel like there's a level of vulnerability that comes out through the encounters that I've been able to have because of that. So um, I, I think that for me personally, because I can tell you a lot of other black travelers who have had horror stories of traveling around the world. Me personally, I don't know what it is about myself, but I know that I always lead no matter where I go with a smile because I want to disarm people, right? Whatever they've been exposed to, unfortunately, oftentimes is what they see on television, which is full of stereotypes about my community. And I want, if your only interaction in real life is going to be with me, I want it to be the most positive. I want it to unravel everything that you thought you knew and to walk away with a lot of positivity. You know, I want the encounter to be that you've learned from me that you see that I'm not an aggressive person, that I'm not this scary person, you know, I'm not a caricature, you know, I'm a person who bleeds, my heart is, is open, I'm, I try to be as logical as possible, and I want to learn from your culture, and that is why I'm there, and in turn, I hope that you want to learn something from me and mine as well. Well, I was going to say, I, I bet you you don't really encounter it, because every time I see you, I've only met you a few times, but you're always smiling every time I see you in pictures and stuff. And you just, I mean, you can tell you're just a, a really good spirit. And it, it just, it really saddens me to hear, I mean, especially what's going on in, in the country. I, I really hope there's going to be a big change. I, I, are you hopeful right now what's going on with the change? Listen, I'm hopeful because we're holding the feet to the fire and it's okay. I am actually enjoying the unraveling and the dismantling of what I am seeing because we need to begin anew and do it the right way and be respectful of one another. This isn't even about politics. This is about human rights. You know, this is about treating one another with respect and dignity. And if it, if it's taken all of this for others to see it, because as a black woman from Black communities, I've seen it all my life. You know, my cousin was killed by the Chicago Police Department. You know, I, my first boyfriend was killed by gun violence. Um, I have been exposed to it time and time again. And I'm all too familiar with it. And for other people, other cultures to finally be okay to peel the veil back and dive in with us is necessary. And I'm glad if you're uncomfortable, you should be. And, and, and I'm, and I think it's a good thing because it makes you really question your beliefs and the foundation of who you are. And when it comes to talking about, you know, these big brands and, and networks and things of that sort, 
I think that the change can't ha happen in these big entities if it doesn't start with the person who's making the decision first. Okay. So the work needs to be done internally and personally before you can walk into your workspace and make a change there. And so, you know, I'm watching a lot of um, the brands and, and entities and networks and how they're moving. And the change is not going to be overnight. I know that for a fact. But moving toward it and being consistent with it and unwavering is what's important in the long game when the black squares are gone, when the protests die down. What are you continuing to do to do the work? And that's what's important to us. And that's what's important to me. Me too. I mean, listen, I lost a lot of followers this week in the last couple of weeks because of my posts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm glad you're gone. I do not want to give my travel advice to any racist. You're not welcome here. You're not welcome to wherever you're going for the, for the most part, I, I, would, I would think and hope. And, uh, you know, I just read an article today in the New York Times about, um, you know, this is a year for road trips, but, but not really for, for black people because right. they don't feel safe. I mean, I saw the movie Green Book and it's based a little bit about that where there was a Green Book back in, I think, in the 30s or 40s where, you know, they had places where they're safe places for black Americans to go to. And it just blows my mind that, that blacks or anyone has to have has to be worried about their their safety and it's so true and i you know i wrote read that article and i have a few friends who are quoted in it and it and it's really unfortunate that in 2020 even more so now we have we're this is supposed to be the summer of road trips i've planned a lot of things involving myself and hitting the road. There's so many national parks that I would love to go to, but I've been so busy going everywhere outside of the United States that this is the time for me to do that. And do I have to be concerned about getting pulled over? Absolutely. And we have seen on film that you can lose your life by reaching in your glove compartment. Philando Castile, you, are you, that is, that is, there, there's no words for it. No, there's not. And, um, I really hope that people start getting educated and opening up and realize it is 2020. This is not the freaking forties, thirties, whatever, even the early sixties um, or even it last year. Yeah, it wasn't okay then. And it's not okay now. No, it's not. And people um, also need to realize, and this is just the truth. Like we are much more savvy, bold, and we are very strong in our stance. This is not the time to try us because we're not dealing with it anymore. You know, this generation is very, very, very um, adamant about saying that they are not their ancestors because then, especially back during those days, there was a lot, so much more that you could lose. And in today's age, people are willing to see what happens and so i just think that it's a dangerous place to be because you have a, a a culture of people who are not afraid and they're not afraid of the confrontation and at the end of the day the only thing we want is to be respected and to be heard and that's it it's basic human rights basic human that's rights all it is. that's all it is so those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> well, good. I'm, uh, listen, I mean, I, again, I, I didn't mean to go into this whole thing about your flying. 
Um, we're supposed to be just a quick 39 questions. And actually, since it's gone so long, I think I'll, I'll end this one here and then we'll, we'll redo another one if you have 20 minutes to do the quick 39 travel questions. Sure. Do you have time? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna end this one. Um, if you're watching, please subscribe to this video. Please uh, follow Kelly. What, 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 where can people find you? Uh, my social is at Kelly Set Go, K-E-L-L-E-E-S-E-T-O. Like ready, set, go, Kelly, set, go. And my website is kellysetgo.com. All right, and I'm going to end this. So right after this video, there will be another one posted on 39 travel questions with Kelly Edwards. And it's going to be a much quicker, but... It, and it won't be as well probably actually it'll be just as interesting but i mean we went we got deep in this one so um anyway i better just shut up now i appreciate it i i appreciate you uh taking the time <laughs>